This is Nina Butrago, and you're listening to the BMX in Our Blood podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the BMX in Our Blood. I wanted to give a special thank you to Ray's Bike Park. I am very grateful for Ray's for giving me the space to interview and being as excited about it as I am. So here is the interview with Paul Rad, super cool guy that gave me a lot of info about him and his woodworking skills as well as his riding skills. So anyway, I've got quite a few interviews from the past two weekends. Just got home from the Welcome Jam at the Wheel Mill. There are uh, quite a few to come. I believe there's six that I've recorded in the past two weekends. So I will uh, get those out to you and hope you enjoy them. Thanks again, always, for the support. I've got to tell you one of the one of the coolest things that can ever happen to you as a person that puts yourself out there and, and takes risks, even if they aren't completely comfortable, is when someone approaches you at a jam, like the Old Fool's Jam at Ray's or the Welcome Jam at the Wheel Mill. It's pretty gratifying to have people come up to you and say that they enjoy the podcast, are grateful that I'm doing it. So to all those people that I've met the past couple weekends that I haven't met before, I really appreciate you approaching me and, and letting me know what you think about it. So everyone have a great week and enjoy the podcast with Paul Radosevich. Not everybody knows. That's such a big gap, and you get these older guys coming back. Yeah, and then you got the younger kids that might not have been there for that window of opportunity to see Mm -hmm. those old classic videos, too. So I think what you're doing is a a good way to kind of showcase Mm -hmm. and get the, the rider a chance to explain some of the stuff that they went through and put out in the prior years leading up to the state of BMX that we're in now, which yeah. is fantastic. Like, that's yeah. a good way to handle it. Like, sure. Yeah, come in it. Don't pretend like you know everything. Yep. And you just, you're genuinely asking questions, and you're probably going to help other people get, a, get answers that aren't going to be there to have that opportunity to ask mm-hmm. a question. I hadn't watched, um, I'm doing an interview with Brian Iarochi uh, tomorrow morning. Oh, nice. He was in Seek and Destroy. Yep. Um, Fantastic video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I had to rewatch it because I hadn't seen it in, all, in so long. Yeah, as far as, far as like the, the YouTube stuff goes with the, all the guys with their channels nowadays, I don't even try to keep up with it. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I love BMX through mm-hmm. and through, but holy cow, I can't keep up with that. Like, I, no. I can't dedicate a certain amount of time in my day to like sit and watch videos. I got too much other stuff going on. So anyway, walk with BMX in our blood. I'm here with Paul. Is it Radosevich? It's Radosevich. Radosevich. Yeah. It's, it's still a lot freaking yeah. closer than I thought I would even. Get. Oh yeah, it's, I've gotten a lot of really good ones. Uh, for <laughs> actually, for instance, uh, in high school, I got called down to the office and yeah. over the intercom, it was, uh, "Would Paul R- 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 Radio Shack please come to the office?" And I was like, "Man, do I really have to go down for that?" <laughs> and so that turned to my nickname for the last probably two, three years of high school. So that was tight. Uh, <laughs> Back to the welcome uh, to the BMX in our blood in episode nine, 90. So we're closing in on 100. I don't know what I'm doing for that. Oh, you got to make it a good one. Uh, yeah. You got to get fuzzy I want, I don't want to there. Look that way you can be on the right issue number 100 with the... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, 
it, it, it's funny, and we, it's uh, 50-50 skate park, Ed Polio, when I interviewed him with my buddy Brian Close uh, from Brooklyn, it was really funny because he said, oh, you got to have like Matt Hoffman or something. And it was funny because I just talked to Brian outside before we went in about, like, I'm not really sure I really care about a 100. You know, it almost, it, we'll, we'll see. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might talk to you more about this after we're done recording. Okay. It's, uh, I don't like being bound by anything, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll explain why afterward, and we'll just have to let these people wonder what the hell I'm talking about. They're usually wondering what the hell I'm talking about anyway, so it just goes with everything else. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so just give me, uh, if you don't mind, a, the, a little bit of the background. I'm not talking from, like, curb, cut, jump, on. <laughs> like, yeah, but all that's important, though. It, no, <laughs> yeah, well, I could give you a brief rundown. Yes. Uh, BMX pretty much started for me before I really knew what it was because my friend, or my, not my friend, my cousin TJ was a little bit older than me. Mm-hmm. He taught me how to bunny hop probably when I was like six. Yeah. Which, looking at it now, that's kind of crazy. Anyway, I went to a GT air show uh-huh. probably in 1997 and immediately thought, holy crap, I need to get a BMX bike. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You must have been young, too. Oh, uh, yeah, that probably like fifth, sixth grade, somewhere around there. Yeah. And um, then rode all through high school uh-huh. and really started taking it kind of not serious, but like it turned into like my main hobby and probably like 99, 2000. And I just found myself like just wanting to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was living, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, moved uh, south to Smithport, Pennsylvania. That's where I went to high school where we had a scene of pretty much six dudes. Yeah. And it was like kind of a weird, so, uh, but we were generation one in our town. Mm-hmm. Like there were no older guys than us. So mm-hmm. it was like really, you know, figure out what the heck we're doing. And then we just kind of hear like. This is like pre-internet for mm-hmm. us anyway. Right. Um, but then all of a sudden we start to hear, oh man, hey, there's some guys that have like a ramp over in like in Ridgeway. Or hey, there's like the skate park going up over here. And like we started like yeah. just going out and exploring and like meeting all these like different guys. Yeah. And it was just like, it was like super, super cool. Just like you felt like you were genuinely exploring and mm-hmm. discovering things and finding new riders. And like, holy right. crap, there's guys that are super good from this town over here. And like, yeah. so it was... That's uh, that 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 was really cool. Just being able to grow up in that time period, and there was yeah. like a lot of like small town BMX things happening over mm-hmm. the years. Like everybody kind of quit, except for the guys that ended up moving to bigger cities. Right. That's just an observation that I have. But sure. Anyway, so I yeah, I went to high school in Smithport, and then ended up uh, moving to Olean, New York, which is about an hour south of Buffalo, where yeah. we had a scene. Glutton for punishment there for weather. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Southern tier. Yeah, uh, right. That might have been one of my favorite scenes that I've ever lived in. It yeah. was, uh, yeah, it was like just weird because it wasn't a huge like BMX scene, mm-hmm. but like um, we had uh, Chris Maynard and Anthony Maynard had a skate park in Allegheny, New York, which was like outside Olean. Uh huh. Um, indoor park. It was yeah. super fun. Uh, small park, but. Uh, the interesting part about Olean was all the riders, skaters, and rollerbladers all hung out, partied together. Like, we just did everything with each other. Heck, I, I lived with two different skaters um, when I when I lived in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, like, none of that weird animosity between yeah. the cliques. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, it's somewhat 
present here in Cleveland. But uh, yeah, it was like it was yeah. like seriously, we all just like hung out together constantly. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. Yes, yeah. I I wouldn't have expected that because unfortunately the majority of people seem to like hate one or the other, and it's uh, for no good reason either. <laughs> but they're starting to figure out. Uh, they're starting to figure out that it's it's necessary. Like we need. All, we need the skater in, in 50-50 that the interview from episode 89 the last one he was talking about it being everyone's part they've included everybody because uh, as you know the more people you can include whether it be like mountain bikes here or people that want to ride something that's kind of like a track or trails so you got that and then you just have the random crazy stuff that's so much fun to just oh yeah, yeah. Know, go fast through that's really cool that everybody got together or got along as a crew. Yep. Oh, this is, like I said, I still have like a lot of really tight ties to the, my homies back in Olean, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think that my my key years of developing myself as a rider was spent with them. So mm-hmm. I have like like always just those guys to fall back on, uh-huh. and I like to go out there and visit pretty frequently. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so anyway, I lived there for a few years. Yeah. And then uh, I found myself driving out to Cleveland pretty much every weekend, every other weekend, just because there, at the time there was Chenga 57, yeah. Chenga 2, and Race. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, man, I'm spending a lot of time going back and forth. Plus like, the ride. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually uh, my, my, my good friend, Carrie Sayer, Chenga 1 legend, um, he just bought a house with his wife Stephanie, and he was like, "Hey, man, I got an extra bedroom. Yeah, uh, give me a couple hundred bucks a month, and you can just like come out here okay. if you want to try to give it a shot. You're driving out here all the time, so I was just like, yeah. all right, I'm doing it. So I came out yeah. here, um, worked at a powder coating place that Carrie works at still. Right. Uh, started working for Chenga. Uh, uh, yeah. Started working for Chenga Fifty Seven. Uh, just on the weekends, mm-hmm. and then ended up just kind of picking it up and running that place for a minute. Mm. Unfortunately, that park closed because it just didn't get the traffic that it deserved. Mm-hmm. Fantastic design, like really cool built park. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'll I'll reword that. It was a fantastic design. If you were riding that park with yourself and a couple of friends, there were a lot of really intersecting lines in that park. Oh, that okay. made it really tough to ride if you had more than like 10 to 15 people yeah. in there. Right. Bull was fantastic. Burley Matt did a killer job making that thing. Anyway, we ended up tearing that park down. And then I started working at Changa 2 a little bit. And then I was also working here too. So actually at one point in time, I was working Changa 57, Changa 2, and Rays all at the same time. <laughs> so that was that's how I uh, uh, made ends meet for a minute. I was working wow. six days a week at the three parks. Right, right. Do you, uh, first of all, is this seasonal for you? Or you no, know? I'm full time. There's three full time employees mm-hmm. here at Rays. Um, yeah. that really just make this place run. Uh, one of them being Keith Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Gensen's the other guy. Jeff's another old Chenga. He used to work Chenga too for mm-hmm. years and years. Um, and then there's myself. Sure. Yeah, that's really that's yeah. really cool. But so this place, how long have you worked here? I've worked at Rays since. Um, I don't think I asked you that. Right? Yeah, the tail end of 2011, I mm-hmm. want to say. So like eight years now. That's or, a long time. Yeah. 
Well, that blows my question about whether you lived in Austin or not. Oh, or maybe well, I, you just visited. I did live there. It was a very brief stint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I lived there right at the... Um, yeah, t- 2011. And mm-hmm. then I, when I moved back from Austin, it was only, only a, cu- a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved back from Austin. Yeah, January of 2012 is when I got back up here and I started working here. Sorry, I had to recap No, no, that. it's okay. <laughs> and aside from... I've got to bring up Nina because Nina is just amazing. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, I don't know if she commented or she said something, I think. Because uh, she definitely knows you yeah, um, yeah and probably from the time you're down there but then she got involved in doing stuff here for other women right she yeah well once in a while. prior to living in austin nina lived up here and i used to sleep on nina's futon all the time mm-hmm. when i would visit out here mm-hmm. and uh so oh i'm sorry that's when yeah, she was working for dk yeah. for a while or uh, something nina like rode for dk and worked at ray's and then she also worked at a bar in cleveland for years uh, years and years actually mm-hmm. Yeah, then she moved on to Austin, and then I was like, oh, shoot. You know what? I think I'm going to give it a shot. So I ended up moving down there. Mm-hmm. wasn't quite my dig, mm-hmm. um, so I moved back. Mm-hmm. And the reason it wasn't my dig was I felt like there was, like, so much going on down there. Mm-hmm. And I f- didn't feel useful in that setting. Yeah. Like, something that makes me feel good about being up here in the Northeast or living in Cleveland is, like, I had an opportunity to make riding better for other people. Mm -hmm. Or if living in Austin, I I just wasn't, like... Mm -hmm. I I couldn't find, like, a place to, like, kind of latch onto and just feel like I was making that scene better. So, if I'm not feeling useful, I don't... I'm not thriving. Just to get it out of the way, you've always been bike, because you've talked about riding with skateboarders and scooters did you ever do did you ever try skateboarding um i'm really bad at it <laughs> i'll dink around in my uh in the in the driveway every once in a while if one of my friends are over and got it i'm so really 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 bad at it i wish i was better at it because it genuinely is like i respect the hell out of it mm-hmm. it looks fun yeah um but yeah i ride bikes fair enough well i'm more than happy to hear that <laughs> just the diversity in the crew is enough for me that's that's awesome yeah uh, because that's not the general sentiment that you hear anywhere in the country. Yeah, you that's know. yeah, it's bizarre, and it's it's still pretty chill like that back in Olean. Like the scene isn't very huge, like mm-hmm. I said, but it was just cool because nobody mm-hmm. gave a shit. We all we we recognize that we're doing the same kind of stuff with mm-hmm. different tools. So, so have you always ridden street and park, if you will? I mean, this is park part oh, of it right yeah yeah um i definitely ride a lot more park these days just because um i've taken a few injuries over the years mm-hmm. and um there's a lot of street stuff that i just can't find myself doing anymore yeah. um but i do try to ride it all mm-hmm. um i think that's being a well-rounded rider was just something from like our mid-school i guess you want to call it era yeah right right where you just rode whatever was in front of you mm-hmm. i always thought that was cool like just kind of Okay, I see this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take this object and I'm gonna do what I can with it. Right, and right. Uh, that applies to street ramp, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. You could ride a curb in a parking lot. That's a a variant of something else that you've ever seen. Like there might be sure. a slight little bank going up to it, and you can uh, be like, "Oh, hey, this is a reason to session this." Like, mm-hmm. you know, just see something, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I love hearing about it. I don't ride street or park, but I still love hearing about it because it's sure. just, it's still. T- Two-wheel passion, you know, it's... Yeah, two-wheel passion, and it's a creative outlet. Like, 
I don't know. It's yeah, it's cool. It's probably no different than trails or anything else. Yep. Um, looks like I forgot. To... Yeah. So you talked about that. Um, so going to Austin, I I had written down a little bit about that. Did you live anywhere else besides New York and Austin and Cleveland? Oh uh, no, that's pretty much the main three right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like yeah, yeah, just down in northwestern mm-hmm. PA, Holy End, and then out here. Oh, right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And you're, uh, so you don't have family around here in Cleveland? No, I don't right? have any family in Cleveland. It, they're they're all in New York still. Uh, my my parents still live in Pennsylvania, but most of my family still lives in New York. Okay, yep. gotcha. Yeah, what capacity did you start at before you started discover to discover the building, or was that all together? Well, one? so I've helped out like kind of in a in a half-assed manner with like different building aspects in mm-hmm. a few parks over the years like i think the first one i ever got to help out with was the outdoor skate park in kane pennsylvania mm-hmm. which i pretty much just like stood around and chopped boards like with the with the miter saw uh-huh. just kind of observed mm-hmm. and i did that for a while because it's, uh, it's always been my general approach to a lot of things in life is like if i'm not 100 percent confident i'm gonna observe until i am confident yeah so right um then Kind of similar with a few projects at Allegheny Skate Park, which I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, about the first like real park I ever, or real ramp building experience I ever got to witness, like that was like a kind of a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. Was the time I got to watch uh, like Ryan Corrigan, uh, Clint Reynolds, and Nutter all building the the bowl behind the the current Empire Shop, which didn't last very long because okay. of the neighbors kind of bitched about it oh, okay. <laughs> um but like again that was like another experience where i was just kind of cutting mm-hmm. a few boards and then like maybe doing a couple of things with the nail gun just framing some nonsense yeah but that really got the gears turning to just thinking oh, man i really want to be like part of making riding better yeah like it's one thing to like um work at a park and mm-hmm. like I ran a few contests uh, like when I was working at Changa and did mm-hmm. like a couple, like helped out with a couple of jams around here sure but uh, I think what really does it for me is being able to provide something that I see people riding constantly and that's 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 where I'm at with BMX and that's where I've been for a few years is I just really yeah. really like being able to make riding better for mm-hmm. as many people as possible gotcha gotcha no and it, it's oh, it's the best way to be, especially uh, it, I don't know. It sounds like you have the philosophy of, of you know being generous with your time and just makes you happy. So that's yeah. And nice. like uh, I think that's something I might be able to suggest to any rider out there, or that's a good life statement in general. Like mm-hmm. nobody's like you don't have to wait for somebody to tell you to do something awesome. You yeah. can just go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm make make your life better make other people's lives better i promise you uh, you will get kickbacks and returns from being a good person mm-hmm. and just trying to like make awesome stuff happen for other people yeah that's that's cool uh having interviewed excuse me malali in uh in the bronx and in the 50 50 there uh you, you definitely get that sense that that's what they're there for yeah, uh, yeah. Part of the oh, they've been redoing Malali stuff for years. Like that park's always just been like different. But like, the kids is what I was getting at. The kids, they're they're teaching the kids how to build. They're doing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's they're doing homework with them sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's such a different atmosphere. But they're mentoring kids just like you do in rural Ohio. 
Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's pretty cool. Did you ever build with Nate Wessel? I've never um, built with Nate, but um, I'm definitely very good friends with Nate. Mm-hmm. We text each other like probably a couple times a week, which I still kind of geek out when I think about it a little bit because Nate was yeah. by far my favorite rider when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, one of my top five for sure. Um, and but yeah, it's just it's funny just thinking like yeah. Wow, I'm friends with this dude. That's like one of my favorite parts about BMX is like you're going to have heroes when you're growing up. Right. And you are definitely going to have the opportunity to meet your heroes and hang out with them. Like, that's just, that's that's sick. Like, I mean, the kids that are like stoked on basketball growing up, there's a good chance that they're never going to be able to meet Michael Jordan. You know, like. Have you ever traveled outside the country? Any experiences? Oh, I used to go up to Toronto quite a bit for the old Metro Jams back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, those were a wild time. I mean, yeah. the contests were one thing, but the the after party stuff was always crazy mm-hmm. too. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, but yeah, just it, Canada. I've never yeah. really gone like overseas, overseas. Sure. So, so you're talking Joyride up there? Is uh, this or, was pre Joyride? The uh, the old Metro Jams. This was. Um, oh, that's right. I'm sorry, you mentioned Metro Jams. Yeah, this was um, probably 2000, 2003, I think was the first one I ever went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went all the way up until they started doing the Toronto X Jams because like once they changed the Canada passport thing, so yeah. like I just I don't have a passport, right? So I just right. never went up. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised if you said you have hung out in Spain or South Africa or or Australia. I mean, there's, well, there's one of the... certain spots that it seems like people really like to go. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of places that I would like to ride eventually. Uh-huh. I just haven't had that opportunity yet. Yeah, right. I guess you have to make that opportunity, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like an integral part of the, the riding system around here. That's mm-hmm. That carries right through the year, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the summertime, I'll try to get out and about a little bit more. But mm-hmm. during the season here, I'm pretty much all hands on deck all the time. So It's got to be, I, I know when I first came in, uh, I mean, let's face it, it as you know, it's an old it's an old building with a lot of square footage. How many square feet is this place? Like sixty, uh, something like that? Maybe more? <laughs> Currently Rays is sitting at hundred and eighty thousand square feet of riding Holy surface. Crap. Which is absolutely nuts to me. I kinda well I take it for for granted pretty mm-hmm. often just because I see everything in here every day and I'm yeah. always working on stuff. Right. But I definitely remember my first experience walking into Rays. Mm-hmm. It was kind of wild that it was probably sitting at a probably I think 70,000 square feet the first mm-hmm. time I ever rode here because we've expanded vastly over the years sure but the first time I rode it I rode, came here with a few friends and I mm-hmm. almost didn't see my friends all day because we were all riding different stuff yeah and yeah <laughs> uh now that I like take a look at it like I sometimes have to put myself in the mindset of a first timer being here sure and just being like I wouldn't even know what to do with this this yeah, yeah this place is just nuts if you started then, all the areas had been expanded into. You just started building different features when you uh, started working here. We've we knocked some there. holes in the walls. We knocked entire walls down to expand riding surfaces. Okay, here, so. okay. gotcha. Yeah, along with modifying existing stuff, because we've almost like rebuilt the entire park since I started like building building here. I see. With an old building like this, it's uh, you got to constantly be watching the roof. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's got that crazy. I, I know it's not called the cupola, but it feels like a cupola to me. Uh, we get that long 
a spot before you roll in and, and hit that. I forget what the line's called. It's the it's kind of like You're a talking green, about the green, green trail yeah, yeah. with the with the, yeah. the catwalk that goes across the top and then yes. it drops down in. Yep. Yeah, the green line. Uh, the green line is something else, man. Like yeah. It used to be a really big booter box line back in the day before we had the rhythm room. Okay. That used to be just like pretty much like the big box line. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people miss it. I tend to also miss it, but mm-hmm. it, what it is now is still super fun to ride. It has those long, long and mellow um, like motocross oh. jumps essentially. Yeah, yeah. So you go down, you rip the, around that mm-hmm. corner, hit those jumps, hit that booter hip. Uh, it's yeah. it's fantastic. Um, yeah. But right now, if you ride the green trail and it's full length, the thing is almost a mile long, which is nuts for you to be able to do that in, in an indoor application. Like, I, and I thought I read somewhere that there's mountain bikers that show up that that's how they train. They just ride loops and loops pretty much. and loops. Yep. You know, they yeah, we get a, a couple of guys that um, own a bike shop around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, they'll come in here every Sunday and they'll rack out like 20 miles and then they'll yeah. like leave. <laughs> right. But just having this accessible for people to continue to ride all year long must be a good feeling for everybody that's been involved. Oh, it's 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 fantastic. And this place was built on the love. It wasn't mm-hmm. built for any other reason. Ray started this place because he wanted to have a place that he could ride mm-hmm. with him and his friends. And then it really took off and grew, especially once uh, BMXers got allowed in here. And oh, there was a time when it was just not like Yeah, there was uh, the first couple of years, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember they had like BMX specific nights. Was yeah. it more of a thing to give mountain bikers their space to be able to ride? Pretty and- much. Like Ray started this place and he wanted it to be kind of like a cool club for guys, older guys to come and hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He didn't want it to be like, a, like just a... He used to, Ray used to go and ride Chango One back in the day. Yeah. And that place was always kind of a madhouse. Ray yeah. didn't necessarily want a madhouse. He just wanted a place that he could come in, jump yeah. a couple things, and ride a bunch of skinnies. Yeah. And so what he's t- what a, the business eventually morphed into is a place that uh, a, an enthusiast can mm-hmm. come and have a great time at, mm-hmm. or a person riding a bike, um, they're coming here and renting a bike and riding this kind of crap for the first time can also have a blast. Like, yeah. like every yeah. skill level we can accommodate with uh, what we have in the park and that's a that's cool definitely just within one room the profile room yeah you've got that awesome jump line uh on the outs on the outer perimeter and then you've got like a pretty much a real dope pump track right i mean yeah it's, it's like a pump track kind of racetrack whatever you want to call it yeah. um but anyway yeah that that room the perimeter of it which i was mentioning before is i see people you know some of the the great riders from uh, either from Pittsburgh or around here, or maybe Indiana, or I think of Jeremy Ball. Um, yeah, yeah. You know he, he Michigan re- dude. Yeah. He oh, that's right. Sorry, Michigan. <laughs> he uh, God, he kills it. Oh, absolutely. He kills everything. There's he so many people that come here that are so too. incredibly talented, and it's awesome. And like just seeing mm-hmm. all the different license plates out in the parking lot on the weekends is is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we don't we don't have a lot of options. I've never been to Rye Airfield. That that's pretty far too, though. Yeah. So uh, so what we end up doing is you know a couple times a year we'll we'll do one, the other, both. You know, it's it's always planned out usually to stop on the way or on the way back at the wheel mill, which is awesome because you guys are really 
I'm, you've got to be helping each other at least share, share at, you know, encouraging people to try that too, and they encourage. Oh yeah, yeah. I send people your, to wheel mill all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people act like it, it should be uh, like competition between skate parks, and I'm like, or bike parks, whatever. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Which that is not the case. If you can like have a park and mm-hmm. you're creating more riders, right, you're doing good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. And and they're two totally different parks. Yeah, and, and I absolutely and, and, love everything that they're doing over there. It's yeah. fantastic. Like the all those jumps feel amazing. Mark and Mike do a great job making that place work. Yeah. But yeah anyway, I I think uh, there's there's not a lot. So if, if we want to ride and ride all day, uh, this is the place to come. It's just cool. It's yeah. Anything you want to do on a bike, you can do it inside of those this mm-hmm. building and their building, pretty much. I bought a shirt a while ago when Ray got hurt. Uh, one of those red ride for Ray. I think it was ride for Ray, right? Yep. Uh, because Nina was advertising it, it you was pushing people to to help to help out by buying the shirt. I haven't heard anything about them since. Uh, I, I it, it's a weird question to ask because I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, um. His his status is he's still not walking. Mm-hmm. Um. But he does have a new bicycle, or not a bicycle, I guess, but it's a motorized like an e-bike? e-bike, okay, basically, right? Where he has, so uh, it's like an e-bike that he got from I think it's a company up in Washington, okay. Um, but basically, it's all going to be hand controlled, mm-hmm. and he's going to be able to zip around on some cross country trails, which I know he's really looking forward to because mountain biking is still mm-hmm. like his most favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah. So yeah. So he's upper body able. So um, he has some. He has control with his arms and his hands. Um, with his hands are still kind of iffy, but he can make stuff work. Like yeah. he has a, a pretty cool stylus thing that he he still draws up ramp plans and yeah. whatnot, and so like stuff that he wants to see us do in the park. Mm-hmm. So he's still very much involved with race. He just can't yeah. be here all the time. Understood, you know, understandable, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, thanks for sharing that because I'm sure people would like to know how he's doing and the fact that he is going to be able to or already is uh, riding an e bike. Oh, that's going to be in the springtime. It's this spring, yeah, yeah. okay. That, that's awesome. I mean, how much more can you ask for with an injury like that? It's yeah, it, it, he's it sounds like he's he's probably helped himself by doing everything he possibly can, yeah, sure, yeah. but. And really, like, I just got to give him a shout out too. like, I uh, cannot thank that guy enough for giving me this job here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he definitely taught me a lot of stuff about ramp building and whatnot mm-hmm. for over the, the past few years. But yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, he's he's still involved, just not as much. All right. I'll keep hitting you with some other questions. Um, so I did ask you about different builds with possibly Ryan or Nate or, or whatever. Uh, I asked you that. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now we're talking about the edits that I was talking about before we started <laughs> recording. Uh, do you have favorite edits and or videos? Uh, in, have you been in any? Um, I've been in a couple of riding videos. Like I've, I've had a few props clips over the years, and I was on Megator 10. Um, You're way too modest about this. You make that sound like nothing, but that was no. It was a, it was a, a big, very big deal for me. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely feel bad for the kids that never are going to be able to get a chance to get like into like a legitimate video magazine mm-hmm. or a magazine in general these days because they just don't exist. Right. Right. But um, 
Yeah, I've been in been in some videos. Um, uh-huh. As far as my favorite ones go, uh, definitely used to spend a lot of long cold winters watching, you know, Eddie's Forward, Criminal mm-hmm. Mischief, and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> uh, what else? The uh, the Square One Wide Awake Nightmare. I think that might be my favorite one still. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. That that video is great. Um, favorite riders and stuff. Uh, growing up, probably. Um, we'll say Nate Wessel, Jim uh-huh. Selinski. Uh, Phil Lawson. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, I've met Phil on Instagram. He's a really super nice guy. Oh, yeah. Two He's, young kids, I believe. Uh, just a great guy. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I'll say uh, Brian Wismerski and... What would I give the other one to? Uh, Jeff Harrington. We'll, we'll oh, say okay. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, anything that those guys were involved in, I bought those videos, ate them uh-huh. up, and... Yeah. It wasn't any uh, sort of was in there, but what was the... It was Square One. Yes. What was that Square One called? A Wide Awake Nightmare. All right. I'm just going to write it down. Because like I told you, I'll, I'll go watch something that someone suggests, but I like to check out videos that, uh, that people recommend. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite, craziest Instagram account to follow, that you do follow? Um, I tend to have a policy to only follow people that I've hung out with mm-hmm. in person uh but no random then no no, no. so it's like as far as like crazy pages the... mm-hmm. you can't move to Pittsburgh now that's out yeah <laughs> they've always got they've got an Instagram they'll, they'll I think I think the big thing in uh Pittsburgh and I'm sorry for interrupting no you're fine nature is metal or metal is nature <laughs> uh, I think that's what it, nature is metal Something yeah like that but it's uh I didn't start following it, so I, I don't know for sure. But everyone was saying the same thing that their favorite Instagram account was was Nature's Metal. I think it, that's what it was. <laughs> sponsored or connected with uh, Standard and Profile, which are both great guys. Uh, um, I am listed on the Standard team, and then mm-hmm. I'm on Profiles Global uh, Family, I believe. It's, I think they have a team page for like kind of like their bro deal guys. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll, I'll preface this with uh, number one. I've never really viewed myself as an overly talented rider, yeah, yeah. but uh, I've always just been really involved, and I think uh-huh. that I've gotten those hookups just from being involved sure. over the years. Yeah. And you know, you know the right guys. Yeah. Stuff happens. Um, mm-hmm. I respect the heck out of all of their product, and even if I didn't get like a deal with them, mm-hmm. I would be purchasing all their products anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a. Uh, and yeah, I act kind of as a salesman for for Standard. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people order direct through me, or I do all the ordering stuff for Rays also. And then, uh, as far as profile goes, everybody comes to me to lace their wheels. I'll put it that way. <laughs> all right. So then you've left you've left me the perfect opening. Tell me about building wheels. I mean, is that <laughs> is it something you're good at? I mean, have you tried yeah, competitions against Chad Powers? You know, have you no. Uh, Chad's <laughs> asked me to come and work for him at Grands before. I just mm-hmm. have never had time to go down and build wheels. But, but uh, yeah, yeah. As far as building wheels goes, uh, I built all the wheels for all of the the dirt jumpers out for the Rays rental fleet. Oh, okay. Um, that was the biggest build that I've done, like as of late, because mm-hmm. I mean we got like fifty bikes. 
So that was kind wow. of, yeah, 50 third jumpers with all profile elites on them. It's sick. <laughs> rentals. But, yeah, rental bikes. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of inventory See, of, of rentals. Yeah, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. But sure, go for it. Something that I also find insane about Ray's uh-huh. is the rental bike thing. Because, like, prior to this place, uh-huh. if somebody would have just said, oh, yeah, we can go here and rent bikes, I would be like, rent bikes? What the heck? Like, why would you go to a park and rent a bike? Why not just bring your own? But no, people come here and rent our bikes. They beat uh-huh. them up, and it's yeah. just like it's, it's it's crazy to me that that's a thing. It's a profitable business. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Which, as far as wheel building goes, I've been building wheels since I was seventeen. I want to say, like right when I was like getting, uh, I was yeah, right when I was getting out of high school. Um, I needed wheel uh, wheel uh, new hub laced up. And so I just ordered a hub and then, like, followed the, the guide on the G-Sport George website. Uh-huh. And did it for myself for a few years. Sure. Eventually, I started building wheels for my friends. Yeah. And then, I don't know, everything just, like, really started to click, and I just got better at it over the years. And before you know it, I'm building everybody's wheels. Like, I'll do definitely over, I'd say probably 200 wheels a year, something like that. What? Yeah. Sets or, well, individual. Individual, uh, individual wheels. wheels, yeah, yeah. And, and I found it. it was Devin Lamp Manual. Wanted to know how many Oh, yeah, Devin's sick. He's from, he's from Austin. Awesome guy. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, he wanted to know uh, how many wheels you built in your lifetime. I can't put a number on that, but I've built a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. And I got to say, pretty much all the local bike shops around Cleveland, mm-hmm. I hate to bash on you, but holy crap, they don't know what they're doing as far as wheel building goes. Yeah. Like, I'll get kids bringing in stuff. What do you mean? I just got this trued up last week. And I'm like, dude, this needs to be done again. These aren't tight enough. <laughs> like, right, right. It's, it's kind of depressing seeing, like, these shops charge kids 60 bucks for wheel truing or wheel lacing even. Like, it's like, man, you guys are ripping these kids off. You yeah. don't know what you're doing. Get a mechanic that actually knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that, that's sad. How many, approximately how many bike shops are there around Cleveland? A lot. Um, there's probably, like, six main big shops. Mm-hmm. None of them are really BMX specific, aside from, we'll say Chenga, mm-hmm. which they don't do wheel building down there. There's a skate park with just a full on, like pretty decent uh-huh. pro shop, oh, Chenga okay. Two down in Brook Park, I should say. Yeah. Um, and then like the Spin Bike Shop up in Lakewood has a pretty decent BMX selection, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. For the most part, it's, yeah. it's road and mountain. Yep. With, I mean, that's where the money is. Let's, okay. let's be honest. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean. It, the people capitalizing the most on this, aside from it being fun, people are capitalizing on it too. Yeah. But uh, they they figured out a way to get people to the mountains, and that's the amount of money that you see wrapped up in these bikes. And uh, we noticed this when we went to was it Hunter? I don't know if it was Hunter or what the hell was Hunter? I don't know. Um, my wife and I were doing one of those canopy zipline tours at the oh mountain. cool. Yeah. So, which was a, a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, oh, so what I was going to say is we, we pulled in to go do that. And, and not only are the bikes crazy expensive, but they're all driving campers. And they camp out for the night because they do yep. it for the weekend. Yep. Sometimes a three-day weekend. It, it's really cool. And yeah. if, if that's where the money is that could also help other, help other things continue, then I think it's great. Yeah, and for sure. And it's still people enjoying my, uh, bike riding, which yeah. is number one. Like, right. I like seeing people 
just doing their thing with bicycles. That's uh, that's one of the cool parts about race. Like, yeah. as you see people riding mountain bikes and BMX bikes right next to each other, and mm-hmm. everybody's having a decent time. Like, yeah. it's, it's just cool. Yeah, I think you get the right crowd here too. I'm sure you get lots of younger kids, but it, there's a lot of. Uh, we're talking about before late 20s 30s on up. yeah it's a, uh it's yeah a, i'll interject with that one a little bit it's okay. uh i remember back in the day my first few experiences going to a skate park mm-hmm. um i was probably like 14 years old yeah. um there were definitely a lot of guys that were older that it was just like really cool seeing like an older crowd you know, just being badasses, doing cool stuff on bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially my first time going to Chenga, because my, my first time going to Chenga, it was like, holy cow, I've seen this guy in a magazine. Like, mm-hmm. and there's all these guys that are like 20 yeah. to 30 years old, like just absolutely ripping. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. You roll up to a normal skate park these days, and a lot of times, like, I really don't like to bash people too much, but the scooter crowd really kills my vibe sometimes. At the outdoor skate park. Uh, at any skate park, any I'll skate say. Park? Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, like the kids that are taking it seriously, I'll give them. I'll give them sure. their. That's cool. Like I mean, yeah. if you're doing creative stuff, putting putting your stuff on the line, that's yeah. cool. But yeah. the kids that are zipping around in sports shorts, playing tag, and just generally getting in the way, yeah. and like I just feel like a weirdo hanging around a bunch of like ten year olds. Yeah, yeah. Like I raise is cool because you're you're coming here and you know you're gonna have somebody in your age range to yeah. ride with. Right, right, oh, for sure. This kind of plays into it a little bit, but uh, Zach Newman, Zach Fullface, he wanted me to ask you, since Paul has really come into his own building, uh, how rewarding is it seeing tricks done on his ramps versus himself doing the tricks? Um, And we'll talk about Paul's boutique after, but generally speaking, away from Paul's boutique, uh, not that it's not part of it, but... How, how do you how do you feel about that? Oh, uh, I feel feel great. Like especially like when we're building stuff here in the park, mm-hmm. um, and we try to pick out stuff every summer. Something that sucks or just doesn't quite work right. Yeah, we'll put in something that we think is going to be an improvement, mm-hmm. and then we'll rip it a few times just to test it out. And then it's like, holy shit, this is awesome. It works. And then seeing somebody take it to the next level is equally as rewarding as me tricking it myself. Like, like just like, no, (laughs) I've seen somebody put something that you made to use is awesome. That's, I would imagine, I would imagine. And and, people are creative. Yeah. It's it's crazy. how creative. Well, speaking of Zach, I mean, he, I I reposted that video that he sent me of him. I, I don't know where it was, but he was trying to do some crazy the gap into the vert the ramp, gap to the vert ramp, and it yeah. it sounded horrible. Yeah, when he landed. And just watching his body flailing into that final resting place because I thought he died. Yeah, in the video, but it was crazy. And, but <laughs> I guess what I'm getting at is is what people are are creating. It's kind of the same as, as if someone was at a set of trails and they're able to transfer it to a different line, you know, whatever it is. But that, well, that one was super crazy. But, uh, but yeah, it, I don't know. It's, I've always uh, enjoyed seeing people pick through doing it. And at Wheelmill, they added the wall ride on the side of the first... Oh, I haven't ridden there since, I've ridden, since they built that. I can't wait to go there and check yeah. that out. That looks so sick. Yeah. 
I, th- I think it's only been two or three weeks. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's been too, too long. Um, and actually, why don't we talk about Paul's Boutique, and then I'll need your phone for that other question that is kind of related to that. Um, actually, why don't we start with Murphy Machado's, uh his comment, and then uh, you could take off on the Paul's Boutique part from there. Yeah, sure. Or at the beginning of this. Either, either way you want to do it. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to read this in regards to Paul. Paul is the personification of BMX doesn't owe you shit. Um, which is funny. Well, no, it's, it's the absolute it's truth. True. Like, no, no, yeah. it's the truth. I'm laughing because he has a way to put it into words yeah. that you can't mince these words. It's pretty direct. I love it. Uh, but I'll finish just real quick. Yeah, go for um, it. So he works at Ray's because he wants to, uh, because he wants to build and help provide something for the community which we just talked about uh from what i understand he built paul's boutique on his own dime then handed it over to Ray's. but you can get that info straight from him i could be off on that basically there was a bar in the same building as ray i think that was the brewery next door wasn't it? oh it was the tap stack the brewery was out front of the building the mm-hmm. tap stack is what i built paul's boutique in and that's what oh, he was saying do you have a lock on it yeah um the very last part of it was uh, basically there was a bar in the same building, blah, blah, blah. When it closed, he took over the space and started building ramps. That is Paul's Boutique, right? Yep. You were saying? Yep. So he has uh, one other one that I can get to after. Sure. Uh, basically, the way that that all came about was that bar sat vacant for probably two years. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of ran piss poor and they had stupid hours. So yeah, it, yeah. Uh, and then there was a, some other dumb complications. So that bar closed, sat vacant, mm-hmm. and I was kind of eyeballing the space from the outside because I, like, I, I was in there when it was a bar, and I was like, you know what, that looks like it might be big enough to put a ramp inside of. Yeah. Um, and then, like, my original thoughts were, uh, oh, I could build, like, maybe a cool, like, bullish type mini ramp in there. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up checking out the space and uh, kind of flipped the coin and decided, yeah, I'm going to go for it. Uh-huh. Uh, talked to Su- Susie, the landlord. She's a mm-hmm. fantastic woman. Yeah. And uh, worked out a, a pretty fair price that I was paying to rent the place out, and then I just started filling it up with ramps. Kind of pretty much kept it secret from everybody around Cleveland, uh, except for my close friends. Wow. And built it out over the course of a year on top of doing the ramp building here at Ray's and then whatever other side jobs that I had to do. Like, you know, I'm always full of projects. I got you. But, so I just kind of built that out and with the with the way that the I-beams were in that room, mm-hmm. pretty much, like, cut out the idea of making mini ramp, like, right away and the way that the mm-hmm. r- rest of the structure was. Yeah. Uh, did some modifications to it, like, ripped out a couple of, like, rooms and the furnace that was in there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just kind of had at it, started building ramps. Uh-huh. Uh, eventually brought Ray into there and said, hey, man, I know you thought that I've been using this as a workshop, but I am going to give this to you. I made you these ramps. So pretty much took a jackhammer and sledgehammer to the wall and created a hole like we've done to many other areas. (laughs) And It still cracks me up because I did watch the Vimeo film. It was just so funny. It was like a prison break. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, so yeah, busted it open, uh, had it all built out and mm-hmm. ready to rip. Some people have done some awesome stuff in there. It's 
it's just great seeing people put your stuff to use like stuff that i didn't even think of doing mm-hmm. in the building process and people are hammering it out like yeah. damn this is awesome that you guys thought of doing it this way like yeah uh it's a tight setup i'll, I'll say that much um but it rides exactly like a kick-ass like northeast slash midwest garage setup mm-hmm. and that's just something different that Ray's didn't quite have to offer at the time, mm-hmm. and that's exactly the kind of thing I love riding the most. So mm-hmm. I built it. That's awesome. It sounds like it fits what... So, on um, yeah. I mean, I think Zach was referring to the basically Paul's Boutique also. On top of building other features, I'm yeah, sure, yeah. but it does, it, that, it does sound like, as he said, how rewarding is it seeing tricks being done, but yeah, I mean, that must be pretty cool to go into Oh, it's, it's awesome. Get space and watch people do whatever they can think of. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Hellhand girls, and I'm sure I rode today. Guys are uh, <laughs> are saying the same thing that they lo- they absolutely love you. Yeah, I have. Uh, they they started pretty much riding here at Raise the Hellhands. They used to come up like back when. Um, Heck, Shane used to be on a, a Strider bike the first time that he came here, which right. we don't really allow Striders, but we made an exception for that mm. part. Um, but holy cow, has it been awesome watching their entire family come up and riding over the years because those kids went from being, oh, these kids are good for being kids. Now they're just like kick-ass bike riders, and it's mm-hmm. so sick to watch. And they're the nicest kids with the nicest parents. Yeah, and they actually have an imagination. As you can, If anybody follows their Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, you know that. Because oh, they're yeah. <laughs> like the stuff that they put up on their stories is just the obnoxious crap that they do out in their their parents' property. It's mm-hmm. just awesome. I'll just say what I love is that the parents. It's kind of free range. Well, they're homeschooled, and it's free range of go mess around the woods, be outside, and yeah, figure out how to do stuff with your hands, and you're nailing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not sure how much. I'm, I'm sure it was influenced by by Jen and Mike Hallahan, but I think a lot of that creativity was on their own. Um, yeah, it, I don't think there was any direction given, which is pretty cool. It's really cool. Kind of gives you hope that there's some kids out there that that still don't mind getting dirty and in yeah. <laughs> in creating something. You know yeah, I mean? we'll do the other uh, Murphy Machetta. Uh, he did comment at the beginning uh, when I first put the post up. He said, uh, "Hell yes, uh, Paul Rad is what's right with BMX." Can't wait to hear this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Murphy. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he comes up a few times every winter. And yeah. he, I run into him wherever we go to the, the wheel mill. Yeah, I, I, they're such great guys. Even Isaac. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I may have to do a follow-up Isaac interview next uh, <laughs> next weekend. It might, it might be time. It's been about two years since we did the first one, so yeah. it might be time to, uh, to hear a little more Isaac shit talking. <laughs> nothing is more fun than, than having him... Having him uh, just just talk about BMX in general. Yeah, yeah. You know where it's at, where it's been. Um, but he really does truly get it. He, he's he's a smart and he's a, a funny guy. He yeah, yeah. He knows how it all all works. And he's a huge BMX fan. Period. Mm-hmm. Gnarly Chica. I met her at the women's weekend in uh, Eastern PA. Oh yeah, I met her. Yeah, Do you she, know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, she was she's in Austin, right? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure where or, she's living now, but was. she was in Austin, mm-hmm. and uh, she's been up here for Women's Weekend in the past too. Oh, and, she has. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. She was really really cool. She stopped by the podcast booth. Cool uh, at the Women's Weekend, which was which is great. Um, let's see. <laughs> I told you I'm like, I love the Andrew, but I, I, I can't ask that question. Um, we'll let people <laughs> guess what it was about. 
Um, it, oh, here, here, you want to see it? If you really want to tackle it, we'll do it. Oh, we can tackle it and we can cut it if you want to. But um, no, if you say if all right, well, so game on, all right, game it. on because it's an interesting story and okay. I don't care. Uh, uh, hey, basically, I'm, this good. was the FBM 21st birthday party in Vestal, New York, at HCS, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the yeah um, yeah. The, thank you, thank you, Derek, for having that vision to make something so obnoxious like rideable artwork like that entire facility that you built with your dad's shop is great mm-hmm. um anyway fbm 21st birthday party i ended up falling down and injuring my foot which i had probably broken my left foot <laughs> over 30 times um because that's always my stomp foot mm. anyway i stomped it real good early early in the day they ended up having a hot dog eating contest and i was just like you know what if I can't ride, I'm going to win this shit. <laughs> so, um, I think, yeah, Leland Thurman was, uh, he came up with the rules and he was on the mic. And he was like, all right, you guys have to the end of the song <laughs> to eat this entire pack of hot dogs. And <laughs> you have to club this this room temperature 40 ounce, too, by the end of the song. <laughs> and so, um, I got, like, a pretty hefty head start. I can usually tank a lot of food because mm-hmm. I eat, like, an asshole and anyway, uh, started chalking down hot dogs, and the guy next to me threw up probably like four hot dogs in, and I was like, "Oh, what? You done with that?" And I reached over and I just grabbed his puke pile, oh and I just God. ate it because I was like, "You know what? I plan on puking after this anyway, so I don't care what's going into my body right now." And that freaked everybody out. I've never seen a crowd look so disgusted at a BMX event. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, wow. I heard that I, I gave um, Peter from Blackout Distribution. He works in their warehouse now. That was like his first BMX event he ever went to. He's probably like probably 15 at the time. Uh-huh. He was super bummed. <laughs> he wasn't sure if he wanted to go to BMX events. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, so yeah, that's that, that's here? that story. Yeah. Sometimes that's... you just gotta turn it on, and <laughs> and I don't have any regards for my own safety if it comes to making a bit work. So. Did you actually win that one? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, I won oh, this. Uh, for, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll follow, follow it up. <laughs> uh, I won a, I, I believe it was a United frame mm-hmm. uh, for winning the hot dog contest, and right. I turned around and gave the frame immediately to uh, a girl in the crowd that mm-hmm. looked like she wanted to start riding because I was like, nice. all right, who needs a frame? And she looked very adamant about getting this thing, so I ended up handing it off to her. And then her a few months later, her dad, uh, Kurt, I believe his name was, Sent me a picture of the bike all built up. John Lee helped out uh, building that bike up, and he was just super stoked. So out of that disgusting mess, there was something positive that came out of it. So, you know. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That is great. And, yeah, something good definitely came out of it. So, Tabletop Bob, Paul Rad sucks. Um, Tabletop Bob is also short. I want uh, everybody to know that. (laughs) Not on our bar stool, he's not. <laughs> Met him at the hotel last, oh, last yeah. year. Oh yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Oh he, yeah, he's, yeah. He he's one great. of my he's one of my friends. Is he? Yeah, he, yeah. I, I that was the first time I met him, but I, I had seen uh, pictures and video of him riding. Oh, he's, total he's, style cat. He knows what he's doing on a bike. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think the last thing I saw was a just a quick uh, video of of him riding the, the the outside line in the profile room. Yeah, yeah. And he, man, he kills that thing. Yeah, for sure. Just kills it. It looks so fluid. I mean, there's a lot of riders that can ride really smooth, 
he just like flows like Cody Diggs flows like a, mm-hmm. like um, Clint Reynolds or now ever uh, there's just so many people that flow well and he and he flows it looks it looks good it yeah, looks yeah. Really good so uh, if I catch him in that bar stool again this weekend then I'll uh, I'll buy him a beer yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Copeland I know Paul Rad isn't conventional, so my question is, do you prefer to mosh <laughs> during the skanking parts or skank during the moshing parts? <laughs> um, I like to go the wrong way during the circle pit. I'll end it with that. that was... <laughs> and I don't know about you, but Matt, Matt is just such He's so much fun. Matt's he's one of the best dudes guy. in BMX. Mm-hmm. Like, holy cow. Like, he's, yeah, driving force, best dude in BMX, hands down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, is crazy to me because he's always such a chill, nice, mm-hmm. pleasant man. Yeah. But the bands he's been involved in, he looks like the I most know. pissed off individual yeah. on the face of the earth screaming into that microphone. <laughs> I know. I've, I've watched some of them. I'm like, I can't believe this is Matt. Yeah. Like, that is... doesn't seem like the same guy. He, no. He has some stuff cooking. Inside, yeah. and he's gonna unleash on the world again because I don't think he's done any <laughs> music projects, but probably. <laughs> I forgot. To, did you pull up that? I, I forgot all about you. Uh, the last uh, Murphy. Uh, the last Murphy part didn't really have a question in it. It's mostly him talking about a place to stay. It's oh, you sent me from somebody. Uh, that's from Wild Bill. You sent me that. Murphy that. said, uh, "Question for Paul to be read with absolute sarcasm, as it is a reference to Metallica's Saint Anger album, the worst record ever produced." <laughs> Does your lifestyle determine your death style? Um, yes, it does. It definitely does. <laughs> uh, little backstory to that one. Just as, um, Murphy very much appreciates annoying people with music, oh. which I like to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, just like that, that Metallica album is complete dog shit. <laughs> I, uh, Metallica is absolutely one of my most favorite bands. That's why I have Whiplash tattooed on my knuckles. Oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah. Saint Anger is bad, and it's really fun to just kind of bum out metalheads because it's it's, it's just all funny. Right. Another uh, side story to that too uh-huh. is um, speaking of annoying people with music, uh, Murphy has an entire playlist dedicated on Spotify to Chris Doyle's writing section songs. So he likes to pop, put that on at the wheel mill whenever Chris comes in the building, oh, and God. it just pisses Chris off of. It's, it's fantastic. Oh, man. Oh, God. Which, yeah, again, like, BMX is great because you get to meet your heroes yeah, and sometimes yeah. even annoy your heroes. All right. <laughs> BMX is in a constant state of ball busting, and, like, yeah. you gotta. It's, it's yeah. good. <laughs> and Chris, is so, he's so good <laughs> at taking it. <laughs> and then he'll fire something back. You'd be like, "Whoa, oh man, got me back!" Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Doyle can Doyle can hang for sure. Oh, no, no <laughs> doubt. I uh, can't wait to see those guys tomorrow and again next weekend because yeah. you know they're like family, <laughs> or at least sometimes I treat it like their family and I stay at their places. <laughs> um, That's the best part about BMX, dude. Like, yeah. you got a couch to sleep on in any city you go to across the country. you got a free place to stay. Total, and, totally And true. just be a good house guest if you're going to go anywhere. Like, that's the, the advice I have for anybody. Like, <laughs> and I would counter that with go back to the Garrett Burns <laughs> interview as to what to do when they aren't a good host. What you do to their toilets. And <laughs> 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 he was hilarious, man. He had so many pranks that he... he He's shared quite a few of them, but he's got, I'm sure he's got many more yeah, up his yeah. sleeve. 
All right, so yeah, we were done with my stuff. So why don't we go through the questions uh, and you can take these uh, as deep as you want to or sure. surface them, whatever, whatever you want to do. Uh, David Ferguson, not a question. Met the dude in Austin back in 2016 during the last few days leading up to the final T1 jam. That must have been right before they took the T1. Or yep, yeah, down. I flew down because I heard the announcement of that, that last session they were going to have, and that was a blast. Yeah. Absolute blast. That's the best ramp that I probably have ever ridden in my entire life, and I just wish yeah. I had something like that to ride like year-round because I totally would. I didn't realize. I mean, I knew it had quite an impact uh, on people. Um, yeah, I think it was just built perfectly like i want to say wessel built like the main hull of it mm -hmm. um and then all the add-ons that corrigan put over the years uh -huh. just like complemented that ramp so so yeah. well yeah. like you could ride it in any any fashion mm -hmm. and he also says he, he he said uh got the guy you uh was super nice and welcoming to a kid living out of his car Oh yeah, I think I remember catching a session with him at House Park, I believe, cool. um, in the in the mornings. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, that, thank you for saying that. Yeah, uh, you were definitely well liked. So Lord of the Bikes, he's got a couple. Of them. Nicest dude in BMX. Well, that's this my friend morning. Nate from uh, Jamestown, New York, who is absolutely one of the best bike riders in the world. And I don't know, it just never really took off for him. But that mm -hmm. dude absolutely rips. Yeah. And I've been riding with him since, uh, I think we were probably 14, because he's, I think, six months younger than me. Oh, okay. And we, we started riding together at World of Wheels, which is a, it was a kind of a janky skate park, a little bit south of Buffalo. Uh -huh. And uh, we met up there a couple times mm -hmm. over the years, and we just kind of grew tighter. Uh -huh. He was always, like, <laughs> a few notches above me as far as, like, riding ability goes. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, Nate's awesome. Yes, he said, nice to student BMX proof that attitude is the most important thing in a rider. I agree with that completely. Uh, and then he has a question. Uh, I've known Paul my whole life, and it feels like he always was the best at the Grizz. They must, <laughs> must be talking about the Grizz Air, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there must, <laughs> there must have been a first time when and what was that magical? Uh, first one that I ever had was, um, it was over a, a grass hip in... Yeah, yeah so you were saying, uh, when and what was that magical day like? Uh, that was in uh, Smithport, PA. We had a grass hip over at the courthouse. And I'd been doing them kind of fly out-ish, like really crappy ones on a... a like just a four foot tall box lip prior yeah. to that but then they started clicking to me over that hip and then they just kind of got good over the years uh -huh. um, definitely a very very much Taj Mihalic uh -huh. and uh, Jeff Harrington inspired me learning that trick for sure and mm -hmm. Jeff's the one that con uh, convinced me to like continue doing that trick because I started getting like oddly good at them uh -huh. and uh, he was just like Man, what are you like over here? Like worrying about um, this was at a East Coast Terminal contest back in the oh, day, okay. and um, he's like, "You just got to go out there and you got to do the best kind of stuff that you feel like doing." Yeah. Like, what's the point in doing a uh, tail whip at a contest when this guy's probably going to do a bigger one, better one than you? Yeah. 
just got to hit them with something that those guys can't do. And I was like, oh, man, that kind of made riding click in an entirely different direction for me from that point forward. This is uh-huh. I was I was definitely younger, but uh, sure. Jeff was a pretty big influence mm-hmm. on me, along with uh, Jarrett Ward, which was another one of my old roommates. But him mm-hmm. and Jeff started the Take Bike Company back in the day, which is now defunct. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, that's how the Grizz came to be. <laughs> I gotcha. Are, are, is this a one-foot Grizz? Or is oh, yeah, one-foot Grizz. Okay. I used to, um, as far as I know, I'm the only person that's ever doinked their pedal off of their helmet with a Grizz. Um, but, really? I mean, I could be mistaken on that, but I, I doesn't. That's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You, you know who did an amazing one? Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say it was the... Uh, it was an X Games trial. Probably Michael Laren. Exactly. Oh, yeah, Michael Rich at. at those. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was him. I just couldn't remember if I, I saw this picture of him doing a Grizz, a Grizz there, and it was crazy extended. Yeah, yeah. Riding vert, right? Yeah. Well, it was concrete bull vert. I guess it's still vert. But uh, yeah, that picture was crazy. He was so far extended, like almost upside down. It was. Yeah, yeah. It was such an amazing shot, you know. Um, yeah, Michael's awesome. I'm 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 friends with that guy. Uh, uh, he's absolutely slated at every contest I've ridden in that he's been at too. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if he chooses to, he owes me an interview. Um, <laughs> uh, it, to be fair, he uh, he's such a nice guy. Uh, <clears throat> Stu Johnson introduced me to him, and I I wanted to do. A, just a quick podcast with him and uh, he agreed to do one he was really cool <clears throat> was cool about it but he had a lot of family there he did really well in vert and then he was doing mega it, you know over the course of a couple of days mm-hmm. and uh, if I were him I probably would have done the same thing so, you know I, I need to spend time with my family any extra time that I have yeah, yeah. North, he, he lives in California full time right mm-hmm. um so, so anyway, yeah. Someday I'd like to interview him. He just seems there's a there's a lot to him that I don't think people may they have the ability to to know, but uh, it'd be really cool to hear him talk about it. So anyway, sorry for digressing on that one. Uh, John Claus, I, I forget his real name. He's a, I met him at the um, FBM DIY jam. Yeah, yeah. Um, he says, is the craft of building bowl corners a closely guarded industry secret? Like, if you post a how-to on the internet, Tim Payne, Nate Wessel, Ryan Corrigan will haunt your dreams <laughs> <laughs> for time eternal. Love seeing what he does at Ray's. Uh, as far as corners go, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say the first one I ever built myself was absolute dog shit. Uh-huh. But... Hey, you gotta learn somehow. Um, I got it. I had a general concept, but I still find myself, uh, or I will refer to Ryan Corrigan's how-to video that he has up on Vimeo whenever uh-huh. doing a bull corner. Um, it's like, not too long ago, was it? Uh, it's it's a few years old now because he was working on Empire Ramp V1, I think, okay. during that bull corner thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he Corrigan has a, a Vimeo video, so he can haunt his own dreams if he feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> I sure now I know where you're going with that. That's <laughs> uh, fine. Um, I just wanted to mention this guy, uh, Heavy Pedals. I believe he's a friend of Scott Town. Yeah, yeah, Chuck Nagy. He's from uh, Toledo. Oh, is he? Yeah, he bought one of my signature standard frames recently, too, oh, which no I'm super way. stoked on. Nice. Um, I thought, it, it was the craziest thing, but um, I thought Scott Town 
They they may be friends and yeah, and I think they are talking. So uh, he encouraged him to do this zine that just came out. Yeah, and, we have a couple copies here at Ray's. Do you have one? Uh, I bought ten of them oh, from same. him okay. because <laughs> what I wanted to do was I I, I truly believe and have a hard time letting go of print and some of it. Oh, print's the best. Yeah, and I I I miss it a lot. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love getting blitzed with uh, BMX content whenever mm-hmm. I open up my phone and look at it. But I definitely yeah. miss kind of kicking it back on the couch and flipping through the pages and seeing yeah. people I know or, like, cool imaginative ads. Mm-hmm. Like, anyway. I want to help just push that. So, you know, it, they're so reasonable. Five bucks to make a color zine that is, like, decent quality... As far as I could tell... Oh, yeah, the heavy um, pedal zine looks great. Like, yeah, that's the one you're talking yeah, about, yeah, the copier? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so I bought a bunch because I'm going uh, to give them away because I, I want to push this forward. So, you know, at five bucks an issue to end up... I, I wanted an extra nine um, because I, I just want people to look at it and just say, you know, encourage it by buying it. Uh or if you want to do it too, go for it because that's what we all used to do. We all had zines back in the day, just Xerox copied zines. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, the guy that I'm interviewing next, uh, Brian Bono, or Bono, I like to say, but he keeps telling me it's Bono. I don't believe him because <laughs> who would name themselves or who would leave a name that's after Sonny Bono? <laughs> it doesn't doesn't make any sense. So crash into a tree. Is it, or, yeah, exactly, exactly. So so anyway, I'm really psyched, and he he. I, think anytime you can put that in people's hands and hopefully have them uh yeah it makes your coffee table look cool too like it why does not? <laughs> all right murdoch I, I i do like this oh, that's mike murdoch from uh Erie. yeah he's cool so you probably weren't that far from him no i mean like i uh, was telling you before the interview like mm-hmm. anybody that rides bikes anywhere even close to like the rust belt or northeast like mm-hmm. i've hung out with them like a lot yeah over the past well, 20 something years i've been riding bikes so yeah. like that's awesome he says uh i feel like you're an icon especially in northern ohio having roles at almost every park there what are your likes and dislikes about BMX? Any crazy road trip stories? Those are two big questions. And um, yeah, sure. Uh, as far as likes go, I like to see just people putting their own spin on BMX mm-hmm. and taking it in the direction that they truly want to see it. Like guys that continue to ride at, over the years that might not have like their trending riding style, but they just mm-hmm. keep doing their thing because that's the the stuff that they like to enjoy they genuinely dig it sure um that's just a cool creative outlet and Mm -hmm. if everybody like just kind of rode the same bmx would be boring as shit oh my gosh so i you got to take it for what it is um as far as dislikes goes people not being genuine like uh i got well yeah i'll put it this way you know you run into the guys that are like you can just tell that they've been laying the salt on way too heavy where it's like <laughs> don't even talk to me about that oh my yeah God. so like, that, that seems this very is the worst subject for the, me like ever yeah so what what but especially like in our say. in our in our age range of yeah. like the mid-school guys that are kind of fading out i catch a lot of dudes just being salty for no good fucking reason <laughs> and uh, it's uh 
dying to say something, but I'm going to wait until we're done. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll finish my thought. No, um, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. I'm d- I'll, when we're done. Oh, okay. I'll tell you because yeah. it's... Anyway, go so, ahead. So, yeah, guys that are just being overly salty, like they're putting extra effort into acting pissed and they think it makes them look cool, I think, in the back of their head. Yeah. Uh, that is not the case, so stop that. <laughs> the other thing um, that is even worse than being overly salty are the... The, the guys that are just acting fake positive about everything, like I said, just yeah. be genuine. Because like, uh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk about a uh, kind of an experience with a, a guy mm-hmm. um, where like I met him, mm-hmm. and then ended up going to his city, and he was just uh, acting like super cool, and he was just like, "Oh mm-hmm. man, I remember the first time I met you. You were doing this, and blah, blah, blah. you're like the coolest guy I ever met," and blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That This guy seems cool and appreciative and blah, blah, blah. Right. And then I saw him out at the bar with another group when there was an event going on. Uh-huh. And then he was just laying the same exact lines on absolutely everybody, especially those that could possibly do something for him mm-hmm. in the industry. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, dude, not genuine. Um, and the kid, like... I mean, not, be stoked on whatever you're stoked on, but, like, if you're, like, laying it on, like, trying to act super heavy about like over promoting whatever crap you got going on like yeah, yeah you know current internet culture it's just that uh, if it if it doesn't feel genuine to me i'm not about it right right i, I thank you i yeah. like that good answer uh murdog murdog two out of three here we go uh <laughs> what, what is your first legit ramp build did you ever build something then it it not all right, I'm trying. They're not a talk, Mike. What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he was excited. Maybe he was, I don't know, fell asleep with it on with, while he was writing it and, and woke up the next morning with it, with it partially filled in. He was too busy thinking about quick and turn downs. <laughs> Could be. Um, did, you over, oh, did you ever build something then it not turning out the way it was thought of? I, I think you get the gist um, of what he's saying, but... Um, yes, there's a, there were a couple of things that we built at, at, at Ray's here that didn't quite turn out exactly as pictured, but I think that we've since corrected them. And if they haven't been corrected yet, they're on the list. Um, but I, I got to say that we have a pretty good success rate of, of stuff that we built here yeah. at, at the park, along with other random builds. But um, as far as first, like, legit ramp build... Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I kind of just hung around uh, building processes for a while. I can't remember the very first thing that I like took charge mm-hmm. of cutting the transitions on and like the whole the whole thing. But right. uh, yeah, good. Uh, I forgot the last part of his question in the in the previous one. Oh, okay. he just said any crazy road trip stories. Um, I gotta say, I wish I could think of something off the top of my head mm-hmm. right now, but every road trip that I've ever been on involving a bike has been insane especially the ones uh that i used to go on with a bunch of the old binghamton new york dudes like uh john matthews and ben nogan um mm-hmm. uh and any of those guys yeah. <laughs> like getting lost in philadelphia we couldn't find the van I, i'll say that was probably my favorite one we, we were riding around because uh, there's a street uh juniper ave i vividly remember that yeah and uh the street 
ends and then um, it picks up a few blocks down uh, and we okay. parked and this is before cell phones like not anything of the, the nature yeah uh, probably like early 2000s uh-huh and we're like riding scrambling around we're like dude we knew we parked the van somewhere over here we couldn't find it we didn't know who to get a hold of and talk to it was an adventure but yeah best build to date aside from uh paul's boutique uh, I gotta say that was my Paul's boutique was probably my most personal one, but uh, as far as best build to date, yeah, I'm not sure what to, to even answer that. I've just helped out a lot of Rams over the years. Yeah, I mean, probably talking hundreds, right? Uh, yeah, but nothing like ever like took charge of like completely on my own. Like I've helped the guys mm-hmm. build uh, yard ramps and a whole bunch of other stuff, but it's right. Yeah. Uh. Last one from Murdoch. Uh, do you have do you have any say in the new concrete park? And and oh, I'm not in sure Cleveland? where he's talking. Yeah, about. he's talking about the one in Cleveland. Uh, okay. I did not have any say in that. That ball was kind of already in motion by the time I even moved to Cleveland. Okay. Uh, it took a while to get that park built, but Grindline did the full design on that and hired a bunch of skaters that I'm friends with mm-hmm. uh, around Cleveland and helped get that park done. It turned out sick. It's a really unique bowl. Mm-hmm. But um, good for bikes I, and, and yeah, boards. good for bikes and boards. Um, it pretty much has like a lot of really unique lines in it that sure. are super cool. But um, I did not help with the design or say in that park at all. But I did help with some of the landscaping stuff that went into getting that park opened up. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I, I did what I could. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Why does he do this to me? I'm staying at his house tonight, and I gotta, it, I gotta decide whether to ask you this question. <laughs> You're t- All right, you know what? I, I'm sure there's a story behind it. I'm starting to learn with you, so sure, I'm gonna ask it. What's with the obsession with penises? <laughs> um, this is when I, I have to laugh so, at this job uh, that I do. I'm, I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, large part of my development as a, as a kid. Uh, nice choice of words. Was, uh, I'd say the movie Police Academy, and then uh, later Billy Madison had a huge influence <laughs> on my sense of humor, which I found out if you can annoy somebody, you can make yourself laugh. So, um, this is a, yeah. Oh, man. And uh, so, uh, <laughs> usually if a super overly straight dude sees yeah. a dick, he gets mad and annoyed, and I love that. <laughs> Anything involving a penis can usually get somebody pissed off that's like just thinks they're the top shot macho can't fuck with them. So <laughs> that's that. And also uh that's funny. One of the reasons that people think that I'm obsessed with them is because <laughs> I'm pretty good at at drawing. I got voted most artistic in my senior class, which uh-huh. I don't do too much with art these days, but I mean if I feel like drawing a dick usually I can slap it out a pretty detailed one in a very short amount of time and it will end up on the back windshield of your car if I see you out in public <laughs> oh man you're brutal alright well thank you Wild Bill for that one <laughs> thanks Bill it was good. more than I expect that's why I was like I'm gonna let it fly let it fly this is for you it's your podcast uh, anyway hey this goes right in with it Alec Angle he wants to know what your favorite thing to draw is <laughs> Um, I like to I like to do charcoal sketches of women on chaise lounges wearing uh, diamond necklaces. 
And for gnomes in the uh, gnomes <laughs> in the woods or gnome in the woods, Randy, I, I'm going to say they're probably drinking White Claw too. <laughs> it is White Claw, right? Oh, yeah. The seltzer, the Those seltzer, seltzer waters. Water. Yeah. I finally experienced that uh, New Year's Eve. They're so light and refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it was only because I was like, you know what? I heard Randy asking people about uh, White Claw in in the uh, at the the fall jam. I forget which jam it was, but. Uh, at Caddy or Pos- ask it was that posture he was asking about White Claw, but anyway, uh, it, baddest dad. Oh, it's uh, my friend John from New York. He lives down in. Uh, he was one of the old ECT locals that I used to ride with all the time. Gotcha. He says, uh, "Are you ready for the steamroller?" Oh, it's a um, yeah. <laughs> Born ready, Born ready, John. We'll leave it at that. That's that's an inside joke. Okay, and then. Uh, uh, Jack Hardy, I think. This Jack Hart J, yeah. Hart J, okay. Jack Hart J is a, a dude from Buffalo that I've gone on a bunch of road trips with him and Sasquatch and actually Howie also or John, the guy above. Oh, me. got it, got it. Uh, he says, "Is it true that there are rattlesnakes slash places or common places?" <laughs> uh, so I, I sometimes there's rattlesnakes places. That's uh, um, <laughs> uh, Johnny from Binghamton reference. Uh, Hey, there's sometimes yeah you tried to like spout <laughs> off a fact sometimes there's rattlesnakes places oh <laughs> um, uh, yeah silly oh, man. silly alright uh, uh, let's see um, Kyle Kremel I don't know if that's the real name but he, yeah, he lives down the street from me oh okay yeah. he said favorite Ram Ranch song um, they gotta go with the OG Ram Ranch is great uh, Grant McDonald is a lyrical genius I don't know if anybody feels like listening to Ram Ranch after this podcast but you probably should <laughs> I'm gonna try <laughs> I'm game it, it goes along with being able to annoy people like with you know yeah. <laughs> I just hope to see a BMX edit edited to Ram Ranch at some point soon oh, be neat. Right. Hey. this is Hart J right yeah Jack uh, so he wants to know who would win in a in a fight, Slipknot or Corn? Bonus question: Cool Whip or Cream uh, Fresh? I think so. Oh, Cream Fresh. Fresh. Um, yeah, definitely Cream Fresh. And as far as winning in a fight goes, um, uh, probably Corn because those dudes did meth, and that's oh. confirmed. So <laughs> you can't beat up a method. Right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see. Doe ribs. I don't. I'm not sure who that is, but it was just like. You know, all hearts about doing this, and actually, uh, Joey Monster too. He, that guy's amazing to watch. I, I've uh, seen him at uh, Kiko on Long Island. That, oh, that guy yeah, yeah, kills yeah. It. Oh my gosh, but then he kills it on the street too. Uh, yeah, so just, he he does whatever he wants on a bike. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, and he's a super nice guy. Yeah, he rides up here all the time though. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I get. I mean, it's not really. Yeah, he's, he, he picked up a bunch of contracting gigs out here because um, oh. he works on, uh, I think he builds out a lot of Starbucks. And so he's been building out Starbucks out here in Ohio. And uh, yeah. like he bounces back and forth between New York and, and Ohio gotcha. pretty often. But yeah, he's Joey's sick. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really awesome. Uh, Bill Klein again, who I'm uh, staying with, he just said Paul Rules. <laughs> uh, Andy Hunley. Ah, Andy, he's a Milwaukee guy. I got a bunch of homies up in Milwaukee. From, yeah. uh, back, there used to be two Rays back in the day. Yeah. Uh, the Milwaukee Rays was the other location. I and, know that. Uh, unfortunately, that park closed, but I used to go up there and help mm-hmm. build at that park every summer, like yeah. a couple of weeks at least. 
And I got like super tight with uh, Jeff Dowen and then Eddie Hunley and DJ Zarin and uh, mm-hmm. like Luke and I got probably actually yeah. There's a group chat that I'm in that mm-hmm. consists of like 32 dudes from like the Milwaukee-ish area uh-huh. that blow up my phone constantly. Andy happens to be one of those guys. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, it, they're not part of Four Seasons, right? That's uh, a separate deal. No, yeah, Ray's Milwaukee was different different than that, but they were owned by the same landlord. Uh, which the landlord stuff, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, get, you can go ahead with sure. Uh, yeah, he wanted to know, uh, Paul, when Barter Town is built, what type of material, concrete or wood, will you use to build a park and why? Uh, I definitely know what I'm doing a lot more with wood, but I do love building DIY stuff out of concrete. I've helped some of the skaters around mm-hmm. Cleveland do some uh, concrete projects and I've always loved the way that those have turned out oh. but as far as like me getting those bang for my buck Barter Town is going to exist out of wood ramps I would say Barter Town is a Mad Max reference which oh. is also another one of my favorite movies <laughs> <laughs> or movie series I should say not movies oh okay. yeah yeah uh, Mustache Max <laughs> does he another prefer- Milwaukee dude <laughs> oh yeah okay. yeah yeah uh, does he prefer a strawberry Rita to an MD 2020 uh, straw were cool probably like three years ago uh, Mad Dog is eternal though so we'll go with the MD <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, Dubuza 28 uh, Deboza. Yeah, he's you? another one of those standard dudes. He's yeah, a, yeah, your answer standard. Okay, you just wanted to say solid choice to interview you. Oh yeah, and, one of my best friends too. Yeah, and so far he's he's right. I haven't found a reason why. <laughs> I haven't heard anything yet that makes me wonder what the hell I'm doing here. <laughs> uh, all right, we did that. I feel like I'm missing uh, John Lee's questions, but so I think this is the last question I've got. It's from uh, Casey Smith who is also known as Casey Smithsonian, or now Shitsonian. <laughs> uh, super funny guy, I think. He's, he's pretty funny. Uh, he wanted to know, and, and I do want to direct people to uh, Chris Doyle's interview with Casey, which I believe was done here. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. So I think that was Chris's second or third episode. Some mm-hmm. people should go back, and if they haven't, they should check it out on uh, Polliver. So uh, he wants to know your favorite skate park of all time, and don't say race. So maybe maybe um, he's saying second favorite <laughs> skate park of all time. I would probably have to go with the East Coast Terminal. That mm-hmm. uh, was in Binghamton, New York, uh, right above the old FBM factory. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that park was amazing. It was dirty, dingy. Um, the ramps were just like cool. It had a super like unique layout. Um, they uh-huh. they built to the structure. Like there was like some kind of constraints with the architecture, but they worked with all of them. Uh huh. And yeah, that was like some of my favorite riding I ever did was just in at that old thirty New York skate park. Some yeah. people are gonna give me flack for not saying Chango one, but I I gotta say ECT was probably better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's just me though. <laughs> Well, as kids like to say, that place is fire because it really was fired. Yeah. Fired up, <laughs> lit up. Chris Hallman, poor guy. He's really fun to ride with, by the way. He rides Holman? the local trail. Oh, yeah. yeah. The local trails, trails where I go. He just, he, not only is he really, he, I don't know what happened this year, but he, maybe he just got back to his old confidence and his old style. But yeah. this year has been, this past year, he rode so well. Man, and he was smiling every time he was riding. It was, it, it was awesome. So I hope to see more of it. 
more of it this year. Um, the guys come a long way. Uh, so anyway, uh, I guess now I just want to talk about uh, whatever you are thinking of for the future, anything that's going on left this season. I mean, you're probably at the heaviest time of the season now, right? Uh, as far as like riders in here, sure. This weekend is Old Fool's weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we will be seeing a very heavy crowd. Like mm-hmm. Definitely over 600 riders are going to be here tomorrow. And sure. Like, that's a pretty hefty number for yeah any any kind of skate park, which mm-hmm. is which is cool. But um, as far as like future goes, uh-huh. um, just a couple of things here at Rays. Um, we we definitely have next year's projects planned out by the time this uh, like uh, summer mm-hmm. runs out for us. So like, we always have ideas and stuff that we're doing. Yeah, um, and you're open all year, right? Yeah, uh, we're open until April full time. And then once once the end of April hits, mm-hmm. then we're only open on Sundays because we concentrate on construction. Because that, that's the one thing I can say about skate parks or bike parks. Uh-huh. They get stale as heck if you don't keep adding, changing. Like mm-hmm. You have to keep changing or else people are going to stop coming. Uh-huh. 100%. So, yeah, we, we have... Uh, we build all summer long, and then once October opens, uh, we're we're open full time again. Uh huh. Um, and then currently, I'm helping Nick Bruce build out a kind of like a little training warehouse over on the east side of town right now, because um, he lives around Cleveland. Yeah, Nick lives um, probably like three miles away from Ray's. No which, way. Which I mean, you'd think that he'd be able to like train at Ray's or Changa, but like those Olympic size like your feast yeah, boxes, right. those are all six foot jumps. And our right. ceiling height in our resi section doesn't allow for a six foot tall lip. Like right. you just smash the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Chenga. So Nick ended up finding like a warehouse with thirty foot ceilings, mm-hmm. and uh, we just got done cutting out all the transitions for like the main section no last night. And um, wow, that is cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it should be really, really good. I'm looking forward to building that thing out. Yeah. That's going to be kind of a basic setup because he just wants to be able to ride a big yeah. box back and forth. Mm-hmm. But. Um, it should be really, really fun. That's awesome. And he, he has a pretty legit shot at a, at a medal, right? Oh, absolutely, I mean, yeah. Nick's super talented. Like, yeah. one of the most driven people I've ever seen on a, on a BMX bike. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, he's going out and doing the damn thing. Like, I know right. Cleveland uh, ramp riders have always had, like, kind of a, uh, I don't know, like, a, kind of a weird stigma mm-hmm. about them. And uh, he definitely stomps that into the ground. Like, there's been guys that are just like, well, I can do all these tricks. Why why, why aren't I getting the big deal sponsorship? Mm-hmm. You're not the one that's actually working for it. I've never seen anybody work as hard as being, like, getting into that ramp riding world as, as Nick. And mm-hmm. he's absolutely crushing it. It's awesome to see him see him do so well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, that's so cool that you're doing stuff for him. And really yeah, I built all his wheels too so I mean like I don't know <laughs> yeah I, I definitely don't ride like Nick but I ride with Nick fairly often mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's always a really fun session yeah but to find a warehouse and do his own setup to 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 be able to continue to live here but continue to practice yeah uh, yeah it was either make a make cool. a yeah it was either make a, a a rideable setup so he could stay consistent on those big boxes mm-hmm. or he'd have to move and he wanted to stay in Cleveland which is sick because mm-hmm. Cleveland's a great town yeah it, that's that's really really cool uh, so is there ongoing and future projects right oh yeah um and yeah anything uh like you talked about on uh, summer work here um 
how's this place doing? Is this place staying pretty stable? Because it's uh, a tough, tough business. It is a tough business, but mm-hmm. I, like I said, I run this place with uh, Keith and Jeff. Mm-hmm. We're all the full-time guys. And yeah. uh, this place continues to get busier every year, which mm-hmm. is fantastic to see. And it makes me feel like appreciated as far as like the work that I've put in, yeah. we've all put in. Right. Uh, and... Yeah, it's 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 tough to run this place, but we we are making it work. Like, Thankfully, yeah. Um, like I said, like you gotta just stay up to date. And the one thing that <laughs> I can also stress to anybody mm-hmm. else that's running a skate park: keep your lounge clean, keep your bathroom scrubbed. Like our stuff gets scrubbed out every single day because we get parents coming in here yeah. constantly. Like, it's not always just about the riders. Like, you got to make sure mom feels comfortable sitting down on that table and there's no sticky crap all over yeah. the top of it. And they feel comfortable coming in and actually being able to poop in the bathroom. Because, yeah, like, right. I've been to, like, a million skate parks and all of them have just disgusting bathrooms. Right. Like. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, those are wise words and stuff that people probably take for granted at times. Yep. Um, but you're right. Yeah, it's, take just the, you got to take that extra half hour to make sure your stuff's clean and dialed in. Mm-hmm. I mean, think like if, especially with a place like this, like I mean, this is like Disneyland for bike riders. Yeah, yeah. like you wouldn't want to. <laughs> just you just gotta keep your facility nice. Plus, there's a lot of women that ride. Every time I come yeah. here, I see a, a a bunch of women riding. There's and you have a women a ladies' night, right? Yeah, and, women ladies' nights every Thursday, and then we have women's weekend, which is still a pretty big hit for a lot of female cyclists. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. I forgot about that. When do you generally do that? That's like ra- always right around Valentine's Day weekend. Okay, all right, gotcha. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Um, I think I've stated pretty much everything. Yeah, um, I think your friends drew it out. Yeah, if, friends drew it out pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, just uh, any advice I might have for anybody is just, uh, I don't know, try to stay humble and don't take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And if you see an opportunity to make your riding scene or living situation better, jump on it. Don't wait for somebody else to tell you to do it. Like, you got to be able to do that yourself. Mm-hmm. So take matters into your own hands as often as you should. Control your destiny yeah. and the whole deal. That's wise words especially for kids coming into uh, adulthood really it's uh, it's important um, yeah that's all I got I wanted to quickly say that uh, thank you Power Spike Shop for sponsoring the podcast and, uh, and yeah I appreciate you taking the time because I, I know you're wicked busy and it was uh, I can't remember how this ended up happening but somehow I asked around like did did anyone tell me to interview Paul Rad or did I just dream this and as far as I can tell no one told me I I must have seen something maybe I saw the Paul's boutique uh, Vimeo thing could be uh, but I was like wow this guy seems pretty cool yeah I, I, let me oh. see if I can work this out <laughs> but uh yeah so from uh, Connecticut to Cleveland thank you cool. thank you <laughs> thanks for doing it and uh yeah I'll uh, I'm sure I'll see you throughout the weekend that's for sure absolutely I'll and thanks up. for coming on your day off yeah no problem <laughs> all right wrap it cool yeah that was that was cool <laughs>